Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christie, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hello everybody, it's Dr. Christy and I have Dr. Stephen Grable here with me today. And this is the Weird Works Podcast. We are going to talk to Dr. Grable about his practice. He is into functional medicine and he is a doctor here in Jack's Beach Local. So we want to talk to him about his practice. Of course, it's really timely that people are starting to think a little bit more, hopefully, fingers crossed, about their health and being proactive and preventative, which of course we always love. So, Dr. Grable, I don't know the answers to some of this. Do you want to just tell us your story? Like, how did you become a doctor? And then how did you make the switch from, you were a traditional doctor, right? Conventional. Right, right. And then eventually got into the enlightened world, as I like to call it. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I've been in practice since 1990. Okay. It's been 30 years already. Yeah. And I did conventional for about five, and I had a hospital practice at now called Ascension, the old St. Louis, uh, St. Luke's Hospital. Yeah. And I had a hospital practice. I threw drugs at everything and did the standard stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, after a while, felt this really wasn't the right way to practice. Right. So they introduced a acupuncture course for physicians. Mm-hmm. So I jumped and did that, and then a local functional medicine doc invited me to join her practice. So that was 25 years ago. That's awesome. So doctors like me, what we do is we try to figure out what makes people tick. Right. And, you know, try to look for the root cause. Amen. And because I believe that your body has an innate ability to heal. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is this is not the prevailing medical view. Correct. Doctors think that, you know, you're kind of going along doing your own thing and disease kind of overtakes you. And then medicine has to rush in with drugs and surgery. Right. It's kind of the heroics, right? Right. And I think it's more like we get we develop these roadblocks along the way. Mm-hmm. And if you can identify these and move them out, then your body will heal. Agreed. I know I say that a lot. Like I feel like all we do is like get the bad stuff out, put the good stuff back in, and then the body knows what to do with it. Exactly. Right? It goes exactly. back in alignment and can heal all sorts of great things. So give us an idea, like the variety of cases that you see. It's probably all over the map, right? Oh, it's it's uh, all over the map. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we see patients with high blood pressure, diabetes, depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue, Lyme, cancer. Mm-hmm. Of course, lately COVID's been on the map. Yeah. And so we take just about any walks to the door, mm-hmm. and if I'm not sure how to do it, you know, we can direct people. But it's amazing how if you just look at systems, whether it's the gut, liver, nervous system, immune system, that regardless of what little ICD-10 pocket you're put in, you can at least help people to feel better Mm -hmm. and to do better. And I make appropriate referrals when necessary. Sure. That sort of thing. Yeah, I'm sure you you have a bunch of like-minded physicians and specialists. Right, right. And that right. people trusted, right? 
And, you know, I even have some patients who, for whatever reason, they like their primary and they just kind of use me as an alternative consultant. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I just see, I see myself as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to just guide people and then whatever choice they make is fine. Yeah. So I'm not one of these, you know, my way or the highway. Yeah. No, I love that. It is true. Like, that is, doctor does mean teacher in a large sense. That's right. That's right. And without judgment. I think that's really, like, why I sought Dr. Grable out, because naturally, I'm not a medical doctor, you know, I'm a chiropractor, so there are things that we can't treat and cure. We're not Mm -hmm. allowed to treat and cure any kind of disease or condition. So when our patients need, you know, traditional medicine, they want somebody like you who is open-minded, who understands how the body heals, that they're not gonna like pull them off of their lifestyle and nutrition program, or at least you're gonna meet them in the middle and not be judgmental. That's the problem I see so often is, sometimes like our patients don't even wanna share with their physician that they're doing our program because they think they're gonna be judged or right. you know, like right. looked at harshly, and that's sad to me. Well, you know, that goes back to 1910 when Carnegie and Rockefeller uh, hired Flexner to do an evaluation of the medical system. Yeah. Now, back then, it was a little bit like the Wild West and kind of mm-hmm. people shooting from the hip. <laughs> but basically what it was was a very clever way to eventually get rid of natural medicine. Yeah, yeah. And so by 1949, it had literally gotten rid of all the natural medicine colleges. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. There were textbooks and resources like burned and destroyed. Yes, yes. And I'm a chiropractor by trade, so, you know, chiropractors were jailed for practicing medicine without a license. They literally had a black box, like they couldn't collect fees, so it was like by donation only, you know. Well, you'll feel good. I I have a buddy of mine who's a chiropractor, and lately I've actually been seeing articles in the mainstream journal about adjusting the backs and, and helping with pain and yeah. so and you're like what yeah. you know because even five years ago you know you would never see this right they didn't publish so they're anything. they're you know i know you guys have had to fight hard mm-hmm. to uh but yeah so and i worked with a chiropractor for 20 years so i'm a big believer in chiropractic yeah. so well chiropractic taught me that whole mm-hmm. philosophy i was going to become a medical doctor i don't know if you knew that no, I and then i had my own health crisis and i really had to kind of reflect and decide which path I was going to go in and I still thought I was going to do traditional medicine but I was like I'm going to be different you know and I'm going to like treat the whole body and bring nutrition in but eventually I decided to go the chiropractic path because when I interviewed a bunch of medical doctors who were treating conventionally you know many of them had these dreams and hopes of addressing lifestyle and nutrition and diet but they got really frustrated because the patient would come in expecting a pill, like almost get frustrated when they wanted to sit down and counsel about diet, lifestyle, and things that the patient had to take responsibility over. And so one day I just thought, you know, I could go into the medical field and go against the grain and try to shake things up and change it my whole life, or I could become a chiropractor and people already know I'm alternative. Like, Mm -hmm. they're already coming to me looking for a different way about things they know I'm not going to prescribe. And so that was how I did it. But you you had a life-changing moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, when we were kids, we used to play doctor, and I thought if I could get paid for this, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was always my uncle was an MD, and I think it was it was kind of weird. People say, "Well, when did you decide?" I I don't really remember because yeah, it was just like I always just kind of assumed right 
That's you know, I went to UF and, you know, go Gators. And uh, got Gators on his yeah, I got my little Gator shirt. <laughs> so yeah, and, and see, I was pre-med, and and uh, there's you know it's a, it's a tough uh, hoda road, but mm-hmm. you know there's I think now we're on a cusp. I think there's some major things coming, mm-hmm. and and it's very exciting. And I think a lot of doctors are getting frustrated with the medical system. Sure, of course, and patients are as well. Right, mm-hmm. and so I think we're. I think where there's a big shift getting ready to come as far as, you know, health and healing. Yeah. Well, I think when the evidence is there, like, people kind of have to stop and think, like, is this really working? And if it's if not, you know, the statistics show us people mm-hmm. are living longer with more expensive lifelong, lifelong chronic diseases. So, like, you have to kind of say, like, maybe it's not working, you know? Right. But the patients have to start thinking... Maybe I need to do something mm-hmm. different and take control of my health. And I think you're right. Like they're seeking functional medicine or somebody who's in alternative fields completely. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned COVID. So we, I wanted to bring Dr. Grable on and talk about some of these because as a chiropractor, I can't even probably say the word COVID or some of the things <laughs> without getting censored or torn down, which is fine. Our colleagues, we we have been censored. It's a thing. But um, what have you found effective? Do you want to just kind of talk about the treatability of COVID and sure. the effectiveness of some of these things that are maybe outside of the box or more controversial? Sure. Well, first of all, I'd like to tell your audience to not be afraid. Amen. And I believe that in 2020, there was a lot of both verbal and subliminal, what's called entrainment mm-hmm. going on. And this entrainment is where you, you create tremendous fear when they interviewed, interviewed, well, he was on the witness stand, Heinrich Himmler, the Luftwaffe, after you know, the Nuremberg trials. Right. And they said, how did you get the smartest people on the planet to follow you? Mm-hmm. He said, it was easy, fear. Yeah. And so you can see this whole fear thing. You know, you still, I still see people wearing masks in their car, which to me is pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> but anyway, COVID is SARS-CoV-2, technically. It's a virus that Fauci created in the lab, make no mistake. Uh, it's a bioweapon, and I'll and I'm very verbal about this. I was at a rally over the weekend, and I was giving my two cents. And uh, to me, this guy should be behind bars. And unfortunately, a lot of folks listen to him and the Centers for Distortion and Corruption, and they're that. getting their false information, including the doctors. Mm-hmm. But be that as it may, we have this real virus. I think it is a true virus. Mm-hmm. I know Kaufman and Cowan have said, oh, it's just an exosome, and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but it, it's it's a reality. I had it uh, last June, a year I ago. <laughs> I let my immune system get down. I had sinus surgery, long stroke, and bore you with. But it's just it's just a nasty cold bug. Mm-hmm. So we have some really good treatments, mm-hmm. and you've I'm sure you've seen Peter McCullough. Mm-hmm. And for your audience, if you've never heard him, I encourage you to track down his videos and watch him. He is the academician's academician. I mean, this guy is the most published in his field. Wrote 46 papers on COVID. Cool. And a year ago, he he said, "This is insanity. When have we ever told patients to just go home and stay home till they were so sick that they thought they were going to die and then come to the hospital?" Right. So he started digging, and so people like him, Ryan Cole, uh, Vlad Zelenko, and others frontline doctors you probably heard about, mm-hmm. have all figured out there's some basic things that we can do that I have found to be extremely effective. So 
I have all my patients on supplements, four simple supplements. Mm -hmm. I have them on 5,000 IU of vitamin A, mm -hmm. 5,000 units of vitamin D3, have a little K and that is good. Mm -hmm. Vitamin C a couple times a day and maybe 30 to 50 milligrams of zinc. You can also add in some quercetin and NAC and colostrum and there's a you know, variety of other things. Yeah. But in general, if you, if you have a good immune system, and this is gonna sound crazy, <laughs> but it, for those of you closer to my age, you'll recall that way back when they used to have like measles and chicken pox parties. Yeah, I said this. Yeah. I said we should go have COVID parties. Just get it over and done with. Have your natural immunity and be over it. Get your COVID party, and then the minute you have symptoms, you pound it. Yeah, right. And we use hydroxychloroquine, mm -hmm. budesonide by nebulizer, mm -hmm. ivermectin, and a Z-pack. Mm -hmm. And this has worked beautifully. I've treated over 70 patients with terrific results. Awesome. And for those patients who get really ill, we use home O2, high dose oral steroids, and IV ozone. And I'll tell you, this stuff is magic. Yeah. So I, I believe that if we, if we did this, we could have close to 100% success. Mm -hmm. We have patients who have lawsuits against hospitals because they, per they refuse to use these therapies that are known to be effective against COVID. Yes, there have been a good seven year more studies on ivermectin. Mm -hmm. If you look at India, it's been very quiet about India. I don't know if you've noticed that lately. Yeah, there was a little surge of info, but now I haven't heard it. I think they're dropping it from helicopters. They're mass producing this stuff yeah. and they're giving it to all their people and their rates are just plummeting down to nothing. Yeah, they don't want to highlight the cases in the countries where exactly. their successes. Exactly, right? right. That's sad to me. Um, so I have a big question, burning question. I think I know the answer, but I want you to say the answer. Um, so ivermectin is an antiparasitic medication, correct? Right. So why would a virus respond to an antiparasitic? Well, it's interesting because ivermectin has antiviral properties. Okay. And I think right along that is why would we use Zithromax, a Z-Pak, as an antibiotic? Right. That also seems to have some antiviral properties. Right. It also has several other mechanisms. It helps to not only block your body's obtaining COVID, but spreading COVID. Mm -hmm. It's anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. It really reduces the length of problem with it. It is just an amazing medicine mm -hmm. and it's amazingly safe. There's been over 4 billion doses of this stuff. Right. Uh, it actually won the Nobel Prize mm -hmm. years ago. and a lot of the critics will say, oh, it's just it's veterinary horse paste. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. This is a FDA Nobel Prize winning approved medication. Right. But people can't get it. But people can't get it. And we're, but there, I'm still able to get it. I have found that CVS and Walgreens have, they have refused to cover some of my scripts. I'm directing people to other pharmacies. Yeah. But we can still we can still get it. And we can still get it. So people don't need to panic. Right. Good. Yeah. I even have a the key is if you get nothing from this talk, you want to get it treated within the first five to seven days. That's a critical period. That's a critical period because mm -hmm. 
in the first week you're treating a virus, if you wait and you continue to get sicker, now you're treating an ARDS lung inflammation problem, right. which is a whole different animal. And how does COVID affect the red blood cells and the oxygenation? Because I was kind of studying it. It seems like it's obvious like the structural congestion and mucus and inflammation in the respiratory tract, but then you couple that with this red blood cell reaction, right? And now you really have an oxygen deprivation issue. Is that what's happening? Well, what's happening, the main thing isn't really so much the virus as it is your body's reaction to the virus. Okay. So if you look at children who have high blood glutathione levels. You may have heard of NAC, mm-hmm. it helps your body make glutathione. That's why we think, or at least one of the reasons why we think kids do so well. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if your body has a natural response to this virus, mm-hmm. your body will take care of it, your innate immune system kicks in, and you might feel puny for a couple days, and then you're fine. Right. But people who have weakened immune systems, mm-hmm. they can have an overreaction to the virus. It's that overreaction that causes the lungs to fill up with fluid. It's an extreme inflammatory response. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to see then their oxygenation levels plummet and then they just kind of you know, spiral down. Exactly. And what we know is the patients who have, have done the worst are the ones that went in the hospital and then also went on respirators. Exactly. Yes, respirators are, I tell my patients, Whatever you sign a form when you go to the hospital saying, I do not under any circumstances want to be on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. And I just had a patient a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And this patient went in the hospital because unfortunately she didn't follow instructions. That never and, happens. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, but she, so we still, of course, still work with her. And she was in there. And of course, her daughter was just terrified. And I said, make sure they don't put her on a vet. Mm-hmm. And so, about two o'clock in the morning, they claimed that she had, quote, aspirated. And so they felt that she needed to be on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. So they struck on her vent. The daughter comes in the next morning. Here she, mom has a tube and she's on the machines. What, what happened? Oh, well, well, she aspirated. Well, they did a bronchoscopy where they looked down with the light into the lung yeah. and said she, she never aspirated. So she might've been breathing a little fast. Maybe they just needed to turn her O2 up a little bit. Right but she never needed to be on the ventilator. Yeah. And fortunately, she's made it home, which is, you know, we're very, That's very right. pleased to see, yeah. but she didn't need to go through all that. Exactly. I know, we're hearing cases, we have patients that are coming after so that we can like help them with recovery. And one guy was in there for 28 days. Oh, yes. I mean, they're like held hostage once they're in there. We can't get them out, the families can't see them, the hospital's refusing, you know, the the treatment plan that you just recommended they're saying they can only do whatever hospital protocol therapies are it's a bad scene well we know that hospitals think more about patients than they do money because the fact that they get 13,000 for COVID admission and 39,000 for COVID death Mm -hmm. that certainly wouldn't factor into any of the decision making they have agreed right and you just magically put that diagnosis on there and then the reimbursement starts. Well, that's another thing. I mean, last year, you remember the scarf queen, mm-hmm. Deborah Burks, she disappeared off the off the stage. Yeah. I think the hook came out and pulled her off because <laughs> she said back, it was in March of last year, that yeah. if somebody's admitted, regardless of what their comorbidities are, just put it as COVID. Yeah, a guy killed himself and it got counted as a COVID death. 
Exactly. Or drink them. There was an alcohol, like an alcoholism, like drink himself to death, and they put it as a COVID diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just really, it's really nuts. So we saw, you know, the incidence of influenza and cancer and all those things plummeted. So I guess COVID is a treatment for all those things. Yeah. Where did mm. the flu go? Uh, it was the flu was called COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some estimates that actual. COVID cases were probably, might have been just in a few 10,000s. I mean, not even the kind of numbers that have been right. portrayed. Because the whole agenda to this whole thing has been to get these shots. We will be right back after this message from our sponsor. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. That's what I wanted you to comment on. Like, I'm having trouble having conversations and educating not only patients but peers about what's really going on. So, like, what would you say to people who still just only think it's about a virus and only think it's about a vaccine? Well, I did a, it takes a long time to try to educate. I, I did know. a three hour talk on this, and any of your viewers, if they want to contact me, I'll give you my contact info. Okay. And I'll be happy to send that to one of the local churches. And I got some good reviews on it. Yeah. But I go through vaccines and the history and COVID and so forth. But you have to understand who's behind it. Mm -hmm. Now, in order to make sense of all this stuff that we see in front of us, you have to understand who the people are that are behind it mm -hmm. and what is their agenda. Right. And I would encourage your listeners to look up the Committee of 300. Okay. And the Committee of 300 are the most wealthy oligarch families on the planet. Mm -hmm. And they have less than optimal goals for us, let's just say that. Yeah. And they control just about everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you don't hear it in the media, they control the politicians, they control all the aspects of medicine and their goal is and they they've said this publicly i'm not right saying, they're not even but hiding they, it. They, they're not even hiding it, but their goal is depopulation mm -hmm. in their view we're useless eaters mm -hmm. so when you have decent people they they really have trouble wrapping their heads around well how could people be so bad that they would do this right but that's what ties in the, the dots and it begins to understand why the goal was for people to get these shots, which are killing tens of thousands. Yeah. And do you want to talk to the viewers too about VAERS and what that is? And, and I actually don't know, who's allowed to report to VAERS? Is it only healthcare providers? Yes. Okay. Uh, VAERS is the volunteer 
an adverse net recording system mm -hmm. that was set up to report vaccine injury. Right. And it's very interesting if you read Suzanne Humphrey's book called Dissolving Illusions, uh -huh. she was a nephrologist, I don't know if you know the story, but she was a nephrologist who started noticing a relationship between acute renal failure, kidney failing, and vaccines. Mm -hmm. And all she said was, has anybody else seen any kind of correlation with right. this? And they came down on her like a swarm of hornets, took her license, mm -hmm. drug her through the meds, so she wound up writing a book, showed how every infectious disease was basically down to zero before any vaccines were ever introduced. Mm -hmm. It was sanitation and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And she also would go to the hospitals and talk to them about VAERS. Mm -hmm. And 99% of the ERs that she went into, she would say, well, how, how often do you fill out a VAERS report? And they would look at, they would give the deer in the headlights and say, uh, what's that? So they didn't even know how, they didn't even know it was available. It's not even in the hospital policy a lot of times. Now get this, with COVID, yeah. it is law that they're supposed to report COVID vaccine injury. Isn't that not interesting? Yeah. And actually, no, hardly any physicians, nurses know this. Mm -hmm. There was a, a podcast of Stu Peters the other day, mm -hmm. a nurse who was saying that, she actually a nurse practitioner, that she was filling out these reports and actually was filling them out for other practitioners because they're very tedious. That's what I heard. Like they're like, we don't have time to fill out a thirty-minute, you know, evaluation. Yeah, thirty minutes to an hour. And guess that? Guess what? If you hit the wrong button, mm -hmm. you lose all your data and have to start over. Which anybody who's done any kind of report or work in who is going to take work, the time to sit down yes. and do all that all over again? So it was deliberately set up to be inefficient because the viewers, you've got to understand the CDC is a quasi-government agency. Even though it's got the .gov, right. it is probably more of a private corporation than it is a government agency. And about half their income is on vaccines. So gee, it, could there possibly be a conflict of interest? So they've made this whole VAERS thing very difficult. Statistics are now, there's been at least 15,000 deaths. Now, swine flu vaccine, they canned after 26 deaths. Right. That's the thing. These other vaccines, they would have, they, anything else would have gotten scrapped by now. So if you aren't starting to think a little bit, like, is there an agenda? Is there more to the same? Like, my hope is just to get the listeners thinking for themselves. Like, you can think we're both crazy. I don't think either one of us care. And we probably have plenty of people who already think the same. But you have to get some information and do your own research. Yeah, because you're, the stuff you're being fed in the mainstream media is, to you know, quote the phrase, it's fake news. You're just not hearing the reality of what's going on. And unfortunately, your doctors, they're listening to the crooks. Mm -hmm. It's like listening to the mafia tell you how to have a, a, an honest society. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. I like it. Um, I did have a question about... Ivermectin, we are being asked, and I can't comment on it, so you can. Um, is it helpful to take it prophylactically? Well, you know, from day one, I have had a problem psychologically. Does ivermectin prevent you from making antibodies? Mm -hmm. 
Which is what you want, right? It's what you want. So remember we talked about the little COVID parties. Right. Because I guarantee you, if you haven't already been exposed, you're going to be exposed. Mm -hmm. So to me, just get it over with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just the other day, I was listening to a Pierre Corey update. He's the guy who brought ivermectin to the fore. He was, was in front of Congress last December. Right. And they asked him this question in a, in a podcast that asked exact question. And they said, do you think these patients make antibodies? He said, I don't think so. So because I know there's a lot of push for this prophylaxis stuff. Right. I think that the ACD zinc that we talked about, that mm -hmm. is prophylaxis in a sense, but it can still allow your body to recognize a virus and be able to make antibodies to it, okay. which is ultimately what we want. Agreed. Because how long are you going to take ivermectin? A week? A month? A year? Right. Forever? Right. Right. Right? So I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's the way I look at it. So I generally, in my practice, not recommended drug prophylaxis. Okay. Good. Well, and I thought it was funny right from the beginning of this whole thing when it was like all these different practitioners, medical doctors, alternative medicine, all were agreeing, agreeing on like ACD zinc. And I was like, okay, those are pretty benign, mundane nutrients. So how is this disease? Like it's not, a, you know, there's stealth pathogens and retroviruses and things that are antibiotic resistant and don't behave like only a bacteria or only a virus that are like genetically mutated and those are really hard to deal with. I'm like, this thing just responds to ACD zinc, like that doesn't seem very threatening. No, and your, your immune system, God gave us an incredible immune system. And just also for your viewers, this Delta variant, you know, there's, there's a lot of fake news or trying to blame the quote unvaccinated for all this stuff. It's not the unvaccinated, it's the vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I'm not pointing fingers at the vaccinated because I know many of people have done this, made an honest mistake or they've been coerced or badgered into it. A lot of but it is classic. If you listen to Bashi, a really brilliant virologist, mm -hmm. virology 101, you never vaccinate during pandemic mm -hmm. or you will see the exact thing we're seeing. Mm -hmm. So if you are unvaccinated and you develop good natural immunity, then you will be resistant to all these variants. Mm -hmm. You don't need to worry. So that's good news. Well, many people don't understand. How Can you go over maybe how the mRNA vaccine works or what is, what is it doing in the body? Not what are they hoping or what are they claiming it does, but sure. how does this work and how is that different than a typical vaccine, which we know there's already issues with vaccination and controversy over that. So not all vaccines are great anyway, but like, what is the difference with this mRNA stuff? Well, first of all, it's not a vaccine, okay? So vaccines by definition decrease your getting a disease mm -hmm. and decrease your spreading a disease. Mm -hmm. And these shots do neither. They decrease your symptoms a bit. Mm -hmm. That's it. And they work by whether it's mRNA, Moderna, Pfizer, or DNA, J&J. &J. So they work by causing your body to make spike protein. Okay. The spike protein are little barbs that are on the virus that attach to your cells and seem to be causing the problem. 
So the idea, the theory behind these shots is that if your body can make antibodies to these spike proteins, then it will go after and destroy the virus and protect you. Okay. The problem is your body becomes a spike protein factory. And we don't know how long your body is going to continue to produce spike protein. And these spike proteins, we, used to, we thought at first that they stayed right in the site of inoculation. We've now learned that very quickly it spreads throughout your whole body. Okay. And they deposit inside your blood vessels because they're like little microscopic barbs sticking up. And this causes severe inflammation and causes your blood to clot. Which we know is one of the most documented side effects. And this is what we think is causing killing of children. Mm -hmm. There are, I heard of a case of a baby who was breastfeeding from a mother who had just been vaccinated mm -hmm. and died of thrombosis. I read that. This is, this never happens. Right. And this is being reported, there, <clears throat> excuse me, there are neurosurgeons that can go an entire career and never see one case of cerebral vein thrombosis. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing case after case. Yeah. And it's from these shots. So is there such thing as vaccine shedding? So what happens is, even Pfizer, if you go to their files, you'll see that they discuss this. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that when a person, for the first few weeks, really don't know how long it takes, mm -hmm. when somebody's recently vaccinated, they will literally shed spike proteins through secretions, probably aerosol, mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. And we've seen a number of cases where people have gotten sick being around someone else who's just been recently vaccinated. Have you seen that in your practice? And I've had ladies who've had started have menstrual irregularities and have other problems mm -hmm. because of it. Mm -hmm. uh, McCullough, he believes that probably after two to four weeks, your body has formed enough antibodies that it's keeping them in check. And I've not changed. I've not put signs up saying if you're vaccinated, you're not welcome or any of this stuff. Because again, I believe our bodies have an amazing ability to deal with this. Yeah. You know. In our practice, in our <clears throat> test kits, it's showing up as radiation. So I've heard two sides of the fence that it's not, it can't be shedding because it's not really a virus in the vaccine. So whatever. But it's showing up as radiation. Like we have this um, homeopathic radiation remedy. And I had to take like seven capsules a day for like four days. Because if you think of what we do. I'm, you know, patients laying in front of us. I'm either pushing on their arm or pushing on their back. I'm in very close proximity and physical contact. And it's right here. My whole viscera is being exposed. And I started feeling really terrible. And I couldn't get recover. So, yeah, that's how it's showing up here anyway. And there's a whole school of thought that, you know, if you look at where 5G mm -hmm. has been recently put in, Wuhan had just been 5G prior to all this stuff. Right. And that there's, if you overlap a 5G map over areas of like extreme, yeah, there, there's a very good correlation there. So okay. I think it probably has a lot to do with EMF, 5G, mm. toxins. You know, we can talk about graphene oxide and some of this other stuff in the vaccines. Right. They're, they're, they're trying to take us out with a, uh, a multifaceted approach. Yeah, if they yeah. don't get you with the virus, they can get you with the vaccine or the <laughs> it, booster or whatever other thing they're stirring exactly, up to exactly, come, exactly. right? 
So you mentioned Wuhan. I thought like a really interesting fact was that talk about the um I don't forget the the doctor's or scientist's name who discovered HIV and he stated that there was no way that the mutation from normal COVID to COVID nineteen like coronavirus to COVID nineteen, there's no way that naturally evolved in that short amount of time. He stated that this there had to have been created in a laboratory. Is that right? Yes, yes. And we have we have pretty the data now is really pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, if you read David Martin's 200-page Fauci dossier. They've got it down to patent numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke Montieri is who you're trying to think of. Okay. He's the one who won the Nobel Prize for discovering HIV. Mm -hmm. And he interestingly made a statement that he said 100% of people who have been vaccinated are going to be dead within three years. Wow. Now, that could have been a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. But coming out of a... These virologists are very careful mm -hmm. what they say. Right. So... And I'm sure that we will discover things that we can do to try to offset mm -hmm. this. You know, God always gives us ways out, even though we paint ourselves in the corner. You know, he, he, he helps, he helps. So I don't want people to feel that my listeners have been vaccinated. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. You know? right. But <clears throat> definitely don't get any boosters. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah, he said that. And then Judy Mikevitz, I don't know if you're reading her stuff. I read yeah, all three okay. of her books. She's terrific. She said it would take literally 800 years for this to happen spontaneously. So there's clearly there's they look they just they created this in the lab it was it was it's bio warfare the spike protein is the bio weapon and by forcing and coercing people to get injected they're literally they're they're creating bio weapons I mean it it's like a Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator dystopian nightmare right. and I watch this I'm going is this is this stuff really happening yeah and then are people still not getting it are they still not connecting the dots you know? yeah and that's why we do the weird works podcast in the first place like we have to have a place where we can have these conversations and kind of open things up and have a safe place for conversation and just get people on the journey to start reaching out re you know find like-minded people you're not alone if you think you're the big old weirdo that's like scratching your temple like what in the world is going on well just find other people you know there's plenty of us out there but at the same time, do your research. Start reading these books, looking up the research. Like I always say, at least you're a medical doctor. I'm like, this isn't just kooky chiropractic Christie with her quasi, you know, medicine. You know, this is coming from the CDC. It's well published. It's in the medical research. It's not chiropractic research, the data that we're giving you, right? You know, whether it's medicine, politics, or religion, <laughs> read lots of different opinions. Yeah. And use your God-given common sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I started this journey 25 years ago when I read Len Horowitz's book on AIDS. Okay. And Len, he actually was almost by accident, he went down this rabbit hole. And this book is this thick, and he backs up every statement with fact. Mm -hmm. And he proves to my satisfaction that HIV was created by the military mm -hmm. as part of germ warfare back in the early 60s. Mm -hmm. They spliced simian immunodeficiency virus, or SIV, into human cells and created HIV. And they've been doing this nonsense ever since. Right. And so they can't, you know, they don't have egg on their face. So they create this, you know, green monkey story and all this kind of stuff. Right. But the bottom line is that these corrupt individuals, this committee of 300, again, that controls all this stuff, that their, their ultimate goal 
is to take us out. I hate to say that. Yeah. It's hard for people to conceptualize. I think sometimes it's easier to bury your head in the sand and just go along with the dialogue and agree with your peers and your, you know, maybe colleagues and family members and whatnot because it's a lot to confront. And sometimes what I find is to confront something means that, like, sometimes you have to admit the whole dialogue and maybe, like, your entire life has been a lie or that you've been coerced into thinking and believing the things that you're taking for granted or taking for fact. And that's a lot for people. Like, just to admit you're wrong is a difficult thing. It's, it's very it's very difficult. You know, Len, I believe, he was the one who coined the term sheeple. Mm-hmm. Did he? Yeah. We will be right back after a message from our sponsor. My personal health journey is what eventually led me to my career as a wellness doctor. I was the patient who was poked and prodded and bounced around from specialist to specialist only to come up empty-handed with no answers or health improvement. My health issues began early on when I was just in middle school. I had a chronic pain condition that the doctors couldn't figure out. And while we tried this and tried that, my pain only intensified until eventually I wasn't able to continue my undergraduate studies. It wasn't until the medical advice got more invasive and came with a much more serious laundry list of long-term side effects that I said no more. While I was on medical leave from college, I researched options to heal my body, and that's what eventually led me to the chiropractic college. And it was through the chiropractic philosophy that taught me that your body can heal itself and that true health comes from the inside out. Yeah, so, you know, when I started opening, now I, by nature, am a kind of a rebel and I have an open mind and I'm willing to go down different rabbit holes. Yeah. There have been some things that I've later not continued to follow if I realize it was not fact. But right, sure. There, there's certainly, if nothing else, people have to be having some big question marks about what's going on. Agreed. My favorite is like people come in and they're like, well, I did my research and then I decided to do what I did. And I'm like, well, okay, cool. Tell me what research you did. Like, who did you mm-hmm. listen to? Mm-hmm. What did you read? You are not doing your research if you are only reading the same story from multiple sources. To do your research, you have to look at two opposing views. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's actually been a number of articles coming out by mainstream virologists mm-hmm. who have criticized the mainstream COVID narrative Mm -hmm. as cherry picking. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you've got 50 studies and you pick two out of that 50 that you can massage the data to say what you want it to say. Sure. Let me give your audience a great example. A lot of people don't realize this. You look at the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. Excuse me, the Pfizer shot. Sorry about that. They took 44,000 people and I know an MD that worked on this program, uh-huh. and he said they had trouble getting COVID cases. Oh, I heard. Is that, that not fascinating? Yeah. If this were just so contagious and just so, they should have thousands and thousands of people. Right. That whole 44,000 patient study, they split them in half, half was the shot group, half mm-hmm. was the control group. Right. They had a whopping 180 cases. Now that alone should tell you something. That's a teeny tiny little fraction. So there were 172 cases of COVID in the control group and eight in the vaccine group. That's where you get this 95% improvement. 
that they tout that becomes the headlines. That's the headline. That's called relative risk reduction. Mm -hmm. If you look at what's called absolute risk reduction, let me teach you. This is important that your audience gets it. Is. it. So I'll tell you real quick without getting too technical. If you take 100 people, if two people get a disease, mm -hmm. that's a 2% incidence. If you drop that from 2 to 1, that's a 50% relative risk reduction. It's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. a 1% absolute risk reduction. Right. So the pharmaceutical companies, they will list improvement in relative risk reduction and side effect an absolute risk increase. So if it goes from five to 10%, it's not a 100% increase, it's a 5%. See how that works? Yeah. So if you do that number for the Pfizer shot, it's 0.7% absolute risk reduction. And what are we reducing? Reducing symptoms a little bit. So you're risking your life, you're risking a really an untested, most vaccines take five to 10 years to develop, not one year. Right. And, and you're putting this, this injection in you, which is permanent. And we also think there's good evidence that these may actually alter your DNA. But that ought to really scare the tar out of people. That's, um, it was Kennedy who said um, that this is the same as, because people would come to alternative doctors, probably you, the same to detox them off of the byproducts and you know side effects and mm -hmm. that he said like you can't go to an alternative doctor to detox you off the metals or preservatives this is permanent genetic changes such as down syndrome for example is a genetic mutation like you can't cure down syndrome that mm -hmm. was the analogy and i was like mm -hmm. holy moly we're in for it right yeah. right and then they're doing these boosters yeah and, and some of your audience may have heard of this graphene oxide. You know, mm -hmm. La Quinta Columna, a Spanish group, found that the Pfizer vaccine was about 97% graphene oxide. Mm -hmm. This is a toxin. And it's not listed in the ingredient label either. So get this, it's a, it's a nano, which means small, paramagnetic magnetic particles. Mm -hmm. And many of you may have seen some of these videos, which now number in the thousands. Mm -hmm. People that have recently gotten the shots are sticking magnets and spoons on their forehead. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I was listening to Vlad Zelenko. I mean, you may have seen him, the bearded Jewish fellow. He's really great. Mm -hmm. August 31st, they awarded a patent for the vaccines to serve as a transmitter to transmit your data of your health to a server and they can track you. So you start, if you start to connect the dots, you'll start to realize that what these things are doing is they're injecting things in to track you and actually move you towards a sort of AI world, which may be a podcast for another day. But it's spooky <laughs> stuff, and this, this goes way beyond this cold virus. That's why when people, like, you know, we, we have friends who are completely on the opposite side of the fence of, of this, and I'm like, I don't have time to bring you up to speed on all of these things that we're talking about, because people think we're just conspiracy theorists, but, like, the thing with conspiracy theory is it always keeps proving to be true, and, like, it used to take, like, maybe a decade or 20 years to be like, oh, yeah, we've been saying that forever, like, chiropractors, we already knew that, but now it's, like, Every couple of weeks, we're like, oh, it was a conspiracy theory two weeks ago. And I'm like, it's 
then, th then it becomes conspiracy fact. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about conspiracy theory, the CIA didn't coin that term, but they popularized it mm -hmm. back with the Kennedy assassination. Mm -hmm. So there's now clear evidence, and I can, I can show you the videos, that yeah. they know there were either, I forget, six or eight shooters. Yeah. So this was a CIA hit job mm -hmm. on Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to take the people who were questioning what happened, so they, 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 just, they found that if you, use, if you call somebody a conspiracy theorist, it shuts down debate. Yeah. Just like you can say something, well, you're a racist. And the person, may, the person may have no racist bone yeah. in their body. But it kind of ends the conversation. But they want to end the conversation. So yeah. if you want to debate me, fine. Mm -hmm. Debate me on the facts. Mm -hmm. And if you look at RFK Jr., who is an attorney who knows more about vaccines than probably most virologists, he has said for decades, I will debate any virologist on any stage at any time. And not one, including the illustrious Paul Offit, has ever agreed to debate yeah, him. They won't take doesn't that it. tell you, doesn't that tell you something? If the CDC, which is going to have their income for vaccines, they want to shut this guy up. Mm -hmm. Why don't they put their top virologist up against our, right. they could have a big, the media would cover it in New York Minute. Yeah, they could close on all the TV channels. And oh, they would like cover wall to wall and they could, they could shut, because we have the data on our side. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's true. So. If somebody's calling it a conspiracy theory, I think you should just perk your ears up and that's your red flag to start look, like researching that there could be another truth to this. Yeah, and you know, there's different shades of things. Sometimes mm -hmm. maybe a conspiracy theory, if you will, isn't completely truthful, but there's usually a grain of, of fact mm -hmm. with things. Right. And so if you read lots of different things, like I keep going back, let's just use your God-given common sense yeah. to, you know, kind of makes sense of what you see. Because you can't make an educated, informed decision without looking at both sides and feeling right. whole about something. Right. And your gut right. usually will tell you. You know, if you're living in fear and panic and you're making your decisions based off of fear and panic, that isn't a sound decision. Something in your gut is stirred and telling you you're going against, you're going in even against what your own beliefs are when you're acting out of those fear and panic. Don't exactly. you think? Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay, so I knew we were gonna, that was going to take up a lot of it. But I want people to hear the data and the facts and know where to go. And we'll put a lot of the links that you mentioned mm -hmm. in the show notes so people can just easily click and start researching. Just know, too, that a lot of the stuff starts getting pulled down and you have to go look for it. And if it was on YouTube one week, it might disappear and you have to go look at alternative, you know, sources. We do have a resource list. And um, I could share it with you, and maybe you could add to it. We sure. could collectively put it together, just of other sources that aren't Fox and you know mainstream, to start finding some of this information from. Um, now I know you're also very involved in medical freedom. Right. Do you want to tell the audience some of the things that you do and why you have chosen to make that kind of your jam? Well, I think that that. We should have the well, medicine in general has been controlled for over a hundred years mm -hmm. by this globalist cabal mm -hmm. that their goal is to just push drugs and surgery, mm -hmm. it's not about health and healing. Right. And I think that we need to have the freedom to make our own choices. I think this. You know, these mandates, for example, I think are just horrendous. Mm -hmm. And they, they violate 
uh, the Nuremberg trial. For those of you who don't know what Nuremberg was, these were trials that were held after World War II because Dr. Mengele, who was just a total criminal, was doing horrendous experiments on the Jews. And so they wanted to have a trial to hopefully prevent this sort of thing happening again. And Reiner Fulmich, a German JD, is actually working on a Nuremberg II right now. So we're hoping that a lot of these businesses, including hospitals and doctors and so forth, who are causing the death of people by forcing them to do certain things, should have to pay a price. Yeah. So I think medical freedom in general is to be able to make choices for yourself. I'm not, I'm not opposed at all to the government mandating full disclosure of things. You know, if I'm doing something that's considered experimental, I don't, I'll tell patients this has not been proven by large randomized trials. You know, yeah. we have some small trials or things that we're basing this on. Mm -hmm. This is the mechanism we believe, and you can make your own decision about right. that. But to have a group of criminals whose goal are less than savory, I think they, those people need to be stopped. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but yeah. it's, yeah. it's just, you know, essentially have the freedom to make your own choices. It kills me because they say, like, my body, my choice, and, like, everybody's in agreement when it comes to something, like, controversial, like, abortions, but why isn't it my body, my choice when it's something exactly. like a vaccine or any other medical procedure, you Exactly, know? exactly. I get really triggered when people say, like, do your part, that's my trigger, do your part, get the shot, is the do your part, right, like, help society, and I'm like, right. hold on, we've been helping society, we've been open this whole time, helping people, educating, you know? We didn't put ourselves at risk by being here. Like, I don't think that you can just, I'll say passively, go sign up for this thing to be injected into your arm, and you're doing more of your part than somebody who's dedicated to a lifelong career like Dr. Grable of educating and finding the truth. And look, we do you realize how much research he just quoted? Like, this man is so well versed and well read and well studied. Don't tell somebody that you're not doing your part. That kills right. me. Well, if they're playing on guilt, see? Yeah. And if you look at the media, I encourage you to go back and look at the roots of the CIA. You know, Truman, two years after he signed it into law, bitterly regretted his decision. Yeah. Because he, in that period of time, he already realized how corrupted it was. Yeah. So the CIA has become experts in mind manipulation mm -hmm. and psychological warfare. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. This is all about manipulating the masses to believe certain things. And, but once you start to see these people for who they are, these techniques no longer work on you because you realize what, what's happening. Yeah. So don't let that guilt stuff, you know, I mean, these masks, these lockdowns, all this stuff was completely unnecessary and just complete hogwash. Yeah, agreed. Well, hopefully your minds have been open a little bit, but there's another whole side, and it comes from research and data and fact. Um, Dr. Grable, like I said, we will put your practice information for the listeners that are local Jacks um, people here on how to find you. Is that the best way through your practice? Sure. drgrable.com is uh -huh. my website, and you know they can contact me through there. Okay. And I'll put out that you know if anybody wants my notes from Moskowitz and. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, Humphrey's books on vaccines. I'll be happy to give those, say, a lot of reading time. Yeah. And we can learn. You know, I'm not, just for the record, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine. See, this is important people understand. If vaccines were putting in a little teeny component of virus or bacteria in some water, injecting it into you, and then your body made a healthy immune response to that disease, I would be carrying the banner at the front of the line. Got it. The problem is that these vaccines very often have toxic chemicals, heavy metals, and what's really frightening are unknown retroviruses from the cell cultures they're grown on. Mm -hmm. And I had the polio virus, and now I've got SV40 simian cancer-producing virus in my body. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that, you know, WHO in 2019 said vaccines have never been proven safe. Even though you hear this mantra, safe and effective, safe and effectively, sure, 10 things, and salt and pepper. Yeah. So I think we need, we need to demand that there be accountability, that vaccine manufacturers, that we need to repeal the 1986 Act, which made it illegal and impossible to sue pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Pfizer, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Pfizer, all these companies have absolutely zero liability for the products that they're, they're putting out. Right, and nobody, so, there's nobody else that has that, like. There's no other covered. industry that has that, right. exactly. In any other industry, you're held liable for doing harm. Right. But the vaccine companies, what was the year of the act? 1986. The act, 1986 act, go Google that, or go on DuckDuckGo, because Google might have taken yeah, that. Yeah, take it down, <laughs> take exactly. it down. Find another search engine, please, but go look it up. They have zero liability, yeah. Right, right. And with all this EUA stuff, and by the way, one of the little facts, I know we're getting to wrap up here, but okay. the, this FDA-approved stuff, mm -hmm. boy, was this a sleight of hand. Mm -hmm. They had to tie themselves into more knots than Epstein Island Supreme Court Justice <laughs> John Roberts with Obamacare <laughs> to say that the Pfizer vaccine is both uh, yes, no, approved, not approved, same thing, but not the same, Coming naughty, what I call it, will not be out till the end of 2023. Mm -hmm. So all of those vaccines that they're out there injecting in people's arms right now are still experimental jabs, yeah. which no industry, no military, no company can legally, ethically mandate you to get. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you to fight this to the hilt. Mm -hmm. And if you are in an industry that has 30 or more employees and you're scratching your head trying to figure out what to do, you get a hold of me through Dr. Christie, mm -hmm. and I'll be happy to show you some techniques and things you can do to try to fight this. Okay, good. And that goes for employers, too. Like, if employers would just say no to the mandates right. that they have right. to, you know, force their employees to do these things. Because I would say, you know, these employers, you know, when they had the Nuremberg trials and these doctors were on the witness stand, and they said, well, doctor, why did you do these horrible things? And they said, well, this is because what I was told to do. Mm -hmm. Many of them whited. Yeah. So that's how far right. that went. Yeah. So each of us is always responsible for the ethical, moral choices that we make. Correct. If you're in the military and your boss says, you know, shoot these innocent villagers, but ethics and moral, you don't do it. You say, sorry, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Right. So we have to do the right thing. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
and if people aren't in the Jacksonville region and can't seek you out as their you know primary mm -hmm. care physician, um, any suggestions on what to look for to find somebody who's functional? Do they look mm -hmm. for functional medicine? Do they mm -hmm. look for holistic? How do they know they're finding? Well, you can check with your local health food store. They usually know who's oh. who's good. Uh, check with chiropractors. They usually they, they you know they, they know. Uh, ACAM, A-C-A-M dot O-R-G, ACAM dot org, okay. American College for Advanced Medicine. Doctor, we're all cut from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. I can get a functional doc from out west, and nine out of ten, we're going to think exactly the same about a given subject. So okay. we're just a, a certain breed of physician, right. and we typically all do chelation, and that, that, that's that group. So you can find on that site, A-C-A-M dot org, you can just put in your zip code, and you can find docs in your area. Awesome. That's wonderful advice, and I didn't know that either. Okay, well, I highly encourage you. Seek Dr. Grable out. He's amazing. If you're part of his practice, he sends out newsletters. Is it weekly? Oh, it, it varies. I, at least, at least weekly. I send kind of stuff all the time. I have thousands of files. I give people all yeah. kinds of things. I love to teach. Good. So. That's valuable in and of itself, but then at least you're established. Don't wait until you're sick and you need to get in, because you can imagine he does have a waiting list, so it's better to just... Have him as your doctor, and then when you need him, it's easier for you to get in. If not, just start reading on some of these things. Research, reach out to us. We're both educators in the community. We just want the best for you guys, and we're here for you, right? Absolutely. Awesome. So we're going to sign off for today at Good Health Naturally. I'm Dr. Christie with Dr. Stephen Grable. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It was awesome. Let me ask you a question. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. I'm Dr. Christy Harvell and this is my husband Scott. It might be an understatement to say that we understand what it is like to be busy and even overwhelmed at times. But we have figured out how to truly enjoy this lifestyle regardless of the circumstances. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.